0: Welcome to Geeks Unleashed, this is episode 134. I'm Mark.
1: I'm Jasmine. Uh,
0: each week on the Geeks on Unleashed podcast, we bring you some geeky news as well as catch you up on our pop culture lives, uh, lives and bring you a review of something adapted from the comic book or gaming world.
1: Yes. And before we get started, if you're watching on YouTube, thank you so much. We appreciate that. We would love it if you like this video and subscribe to our channel. And if you're listening on your favorite podcast platform, we appreciate that as well. We would also very much love it if you would leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser
0: um also feel free to donate to our ko fi all all, uh contributions are appreciated Uh, before we go any further i don't know what this is going to sound like to you listening unfortunately we've just spent the last hour trying (laughs) to make make my side work and we're uh, working
1: through some technical difficulties to bring you this episode
0: yeah i'm having some technical issues on on my end and um unfortunately it's not uh working that well and uh as we don't have many hours to spare, to schedule but the show must on. go on, so we've we decided <laughs> to carry on, and uh, and I've had to be uh clever about how we've done it. So, mm-hmm. anyway, uh, apologize for our unprofessionalism or mine anyway. So, um,
1: we come to you guys through the good and the bad, so
0: thank yeah, you. <laughs> um, right. okay, so just before we go any further, we, we weren't actually going to cover any news, uh, however, something happened about an hour or two before we, recorded. yeah, exactly. Um and uh yeah, so uh I'm am I'm I'm kinda pleased. I'm oh, not pleased, I'm 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 all right I'm with surprised. It. I'm, I'm surprised, but I'm alright with it. So yeah. uh apparently in Deadpool three, no not apparently, like they've confirmed it, um Jennifer Garner is gonna return as Electra in the uh That
1: is that is digging deep. I mean that is just like going way back. Next thing you know think, they're gonna talk about Ben Affleck is gonna be in it too.
0: Oh, I assume that's probably gonna happen. Oh, <laughs> um I hope they get on personally. Like, um I assume they don't get on. Well they might. I'm sure they get on okay. They have to co parent. Uh but I
1: well yeah. I think I um, it's awkward I think they do it okay though. Uh because I think that they kind of set that tone from the very beginning. Like they never seem to have that kind of contentious breakup. Um mm. I don't know. But what would be really funny is since they pulled in Jennifer Garner's Electra, if they pull in Charlie Cox's Matt Murdock, and then the two see each other and they're like, you are not Matt Murdock. And he's like, you are certainly not Elektra. <laughs> like...
0: Yeah. Yeah, I haven't thought about him, but why not? I, he...
1: Well, because I mean, I'm, I only bring him up because he's already confirmed as part of the MCU. So.
0: Well, the... we've seen him in She-Hulk um, mm-hmm. and uh, and No Way Home. So. Um. Yeah, I, I I assume. So what we've heard is that Deadpool three is a multiversal film. One mm-hmm. making the assumption is that it's Deadpool will skip over quite a few Earths on his way to the MCU. Yeah. Uh, and then he will end up eventually in the MCU. So, he, um, oh, uh, I forgot the actress's name. The lady who played his wife in the first film.
1: Oh, Marina Bacharin.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I haven't seen Deadpool two, um, but I have heard that she doesn't make it all the way through. Um, but I've heard that she's reprising her role. You should my, definitely my,
1: watch Deadpool two.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, we, we, well, we will. Yeah, <laughs> well, I will. But we, but we'll cover it together. Anyway, um, what my assumption is that she will be in the MCU. And that was kind of like what well, make him stay in the MCU. That's what. Oh ah, yes, that's love. My, uh,
1: they always do it for love. That's
0: my assumption, anyway. So yeah, um,
1: I could see that happening. Like because that happened in Spider Verse with Miguel, where he was like, "Look, I stayed on an Earth that I didn't belong on, <coughs> and it messed everything up. And then all the people that I was trying to save died anyway. So <sighs> drama, drama. I like I it think,
0: though. Um, I think with uh, uh, I think with Disney, they've seen the success of No Way Home with mm-hmm. all of the previous Spider Mans, and um, Spider Verse obviously was successful. Mm-hmm. So, but Spider Verse just came out, and this has probably been filmed at the moment. So I think this this film probably has no has not been impacted by the success of Spider Verse. But no, no,
1: not I yet. Assume-
0: I assume that No Way Home is probably what's led to this. Of course. Uh, and also, they're doing this whole multiverse thing with Kang at the moment, so why not do it?
1: Yeah. I mean, they... Marvel has been in the
0: multiverse for
1: a long time. It's, you know, we got oh, it with Loki, we got series. it with the... Huh?
0: What if, the What If series as well. Yeah.
1: So, it's it's been everywhere. Um, So, it, it makes sense. And I really think that if eventually they are going to fold all of these you know x-men characters and all of the sony and uh properties into the mcu is it sony or fox sony right yeah if they when they fold all of the sony properties like they're gonna ha- it's gonna have to
0: so, so, so sony still own all the spider-man characters It's mm-hmm. fox is uh x-men oh, fox was the the x-men everyone. Yeah. And...
1: so when they fold Electra. those characters in they're gonna have to do it in some kind of way, you can't just be like, "Oh yeah, by the way, we forgot that we had all these mutants, so let's start talking about them." I think the only way you can bring them in is to have some kind of multiverse event.
0: Yeah, I know it's, it's got everyone wondering how you're going to do it because you can't just suddenly have mutants. All right. Well, you could, you could, you could. I mean, you could. Well, I mean, you could.
1: I mean, well, if there is a multiverse and they just go to this Earth and that's a thing that happens on that Earth, it's like, oh, yeah. this Earth has mutants. We don't have that here.
0: <laughs> well, well, I mean, they had that. You have Doctor Strange too, obviously had. Professor Xavier, isn't it? Oh, also,
1: I haven't seen that sure. yet. I Patrick gotta watch Stewart. that.
0: Patrick Stewart made a cameo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, because that was a no, that was another Marveliverse film. But mm-hmm. anyway, um, there's not really too much to say. Really, we don't know what what level of uh, degree she's in the movie. Yeah, uh, I mean, it I,
1: literally could just be like two minutes. So, yeah,
0: we'll I see. Mean, yeah, I think it's,
1: it's cool though. I I love Jennifer Garner, and especially back when she was doing like all that action stuff. Like, she's fantastic in Alias.
0: Oh, I love Alias. Like, literally, Alias was great. So, did you watch all of Alias? I didn't know you?
1: Uh, No. So, I watched, like, the first two seasons, and then I never finished. (laughs) Shocking. Oh, I loved Alias. I loved (laughs)
0: Alias. I thought Alias was so good. I I think, oh, I think it was, like, oh, you probably missed it then, or didn't watch it, but I think it was, like, the season two cliffhanger, where she wakes up, and, like, five years or something has gone by. Right, right. Yeah.
1: That that uh, was when I stopped. I was like, oh, I'm done with this.
0: (laughs) Oh, no, I I love that twist. I thought it was pretty cool. Uh,
1: My roommate was obsessed. Like, she had the box set and, like, oh, my God, she was obsessed with Alias.
0: So I remember, like, Alias used to be shown on just, I think it was, like, normal TV or something. something. Yeah. And I used to have this thing where um, I'd go pick up my comics on a Saturday. um, And then I'd come back. And this is... So now I get my comics delivered and they're all bagged and boarded already. Um, but back then, when I used to pick them up from the comic shop um, in London, uh, they weren't bagged and boarded. So I would, I would always have bags and boards. So I'd come back and whenever I'd come back in time for whenever Alias was on, <laughs> so I would sit down like and just watch Alias while I was bagging and boarding. Like yeah. that's literally, what, I think it was like every Saturday it was on, and I used to, that used to just be my thing, sitting in my bedroom, like bagging and boarding and and all that. So like, interesting. Yeah.
1: All right, two birds, okay. one stone. I like it.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I love Aliens. So I think that I wish Jennifer Garner could just carry on doing more stuff like that. While well, she's good yeah. in comedy, like um that oh, film where she goes from being a kid to an LA. Oh, 13 going on
1: 30. So good. Yeah,
0: yeah. That was a good film. But I think she should do a lot. Go back to my action. Well, she, she,
1: was... she, well, this was a while ago. She was in that. um, It's like a revenge drama. I think it was called Peppermint. Oh,
0: uh, I saw that. That was yeah. really good.
1: She was, she, I thought it was a terrible movie, but she was very good in it.
0: She's she's still very
1: very much kick ass.
0: Yeah, yeah. She's very yeah, she she must clearly still work out. So yeah. Um anyway, that's enough the news. I'm pleased for it. I'm 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 looking forward to it. To be honest, I was looking forward to it anyway.
1: Deadpool Uh, is always so much fun. So like whatever they decide to do with it, I have faith that they're going to do it well.
0: I'm looking forward to uh finally seeing (coughs) Hugh Jackman (laughs) with
1: Ah, with Ryan Reynolds.
0: Uh, Ryan Reynolds. Because I, uh, I they're friends in real life. I just think it's going to be great.
1: Yeah, I think. I mean, it's been a long time coming, right? Like, it's been yeah, a long, yeah. long time coming. So I think it's. Right. I think everybody's going to enjoy that.
0: Uh, Ryan Reynolds has been wanting him to be in a film together as Wolverine yes. and Deadpool. I mean, and, even uh,
1: in Deadpool, Deadpool talks about Wolverine all the time.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Uh, he was like, just text him all the time. Like when he. <laughs> be in it when you're gonna be in it. But like, <laughs> in the end, in the end, he must just sit fine.
1: Yeah. Man, if I like, if I do your stupid movie, will you stop texting me? Yeah.
0: <laughs> can you just delete one can, uh, can you just delete my number? Yeah.
1: Uh,
0: yeah. Um I I actually saw um a film with um what's his name Jake whatever his surname is where they um some sort of Christmas party um mm-hmm. and Ryan Reynolds is the only one wearing a Christmas jumper. They like they told him it was all Christmas, a Christmas jumper party, and he shows up with a Christmas jumper, um. But no one else. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. So, <laughs> they must, they must be brilliant friends.
1: Yeah, uh, I imagine.
0: I right, just turn my fan off. It's getting getting a bit too much now. Right, um, the part of the show where we talk about what we've been watching. So I uh, actually
1: have been watching stuff this week. I'm shocked.
0: I made a deliberate effort, um. Well, earlier in the week, I finished season three of Superman Lois. Mm -hmm. I won't talk too much about that, but amazing, amazing cliffhanger. As a comic book fan, it was great. Good choice of Lex Luthor. Honestly, probably one of the best Lex Luthor's ever. Um, Anyway, I've watched three movies that came out this year. Deliberate, deliberate, because I thought actually falling a little bit behind the movies that have come out this year, and I kind of wanted to catch up a little bit. I didn't want to get to December. i am be like, oh, no, I want to catch up. Quickly. Yeah, because so, we always yeah, do know, that. Like,
1: at the end of the year, it's like, oh, we're done recording for the year. I got six weeks. Like, what am I going to watch? Nothing.
0: Well, also, like, you know, like, in, like, halfway through December, everyone's like, oh, yeah, this is the best film of the year. This is the best film of the year. And mm-hmm. Like, I think last year was a bit of a mad dash to try and get through quite a few films. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, this week, I banged out, knock at the cabin, Operation Fortune uh, and John McFour.
1: I've not heard of Operation
0: Fortune. That's a Jason Statham uh, 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 Guy Ritchie film. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Com- comedy action movie. Yeah.
1: So, yeah. Listen, I love, love, which one is it? Is it Rock and Roller? No, Jason Statham's not in Rock and Roller. Which one is he in?
0: Oh, I can't remember. Um, uh, oh, he's in Snatch and Lockstock.
1: Okay. Lockstock is one of my favorites. One Of my favorite Lock,
0: Guy Ritchie and, films, yeah. Lockstock. Well, I think Lockstock's the fir- his first film, wasn't it? Um, anyway, Lockstock and Snatch, both amazing. Uh, this film actually is really good. Operation Fortune would recommend. So, okay,
1: good to know. Good to know. Um,
0: probably out of the three of those movies, actually, I'd recommend that that one over the, all of them. Okay, so in summary, Knock at the Cabin was nowhere near as as horrible or scary as I thought it was going to be.
1: It looks pretty uh, creepy. No, they,
0: they, it's a really good advert. It's a really good advert. Okay, so I was all right with it. There's one scene, one scene that that probably made me a little bit like, oh like, but not <laughs> not 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 like, um, not like gory or anything. But, okay. like a, but like a bit jumpy. But other than that, yeah, it was alright.
1: Okay, good to know. Uh,
0: and and I would say um, Dave Batista actually made that movie. That's all I'd say there. Right, Operation Fortune. It was a good action comedy. Jason Statham actually made that movie um, with um. Oh, I forget, I forget her name. The uh, oh, she, you'll know she is. Um, what else she, was she in? A- oh, she's like quite kooky. Um, uh, Mara Rooney. Oh, Aubrey Plaza. Is
1: that it? Oh yeah, she is such a weirdo.
0: But she was good in it, I thought. Like, she was good in it. Um, uh, and then the last one, obviously, John Wick 4. Literally, they're stretching it thin now. It was all right. <laughs> it was all right. That's all I say. It was all right. Like, if you like, you know, guns and kick karate and kick yeah, yeah. or and like, martial arts in general.
1: I feel like a lot of the John Wick stuff, you could literally watch it on mute and you still get the same effect. Like, it's still entertaining.
0: I mean, in summary, he wants to get out of things again. He puts a proposition forward. There's a lot of fighting. There's an ending. People die. (laughs) Some people live. (laughs) Oh, by the way, there is an end credit scene. So, Um, yeah, there you go. That's mine.
1: Okay, what a summary. Do you write the summaries for IMDB? That was very short. That was like two sentences.
0: Um, There
1: is a contract. People die. And there's an end credit scene.
0: I just feel like... (laughs) I just feel like maybe he, if a lot of people would have lived if he could have just grieved that dog on his own.
1: You know, um, I heard there's a another podcast I listened to that they said that John Wick is the villain of the John Wick series, <laughs> and we're not ready to admit that.
0: Uh, I mean, he's just he has. I mean, I don't know how many people have died mm-hmm. because he's either killed them or as a result of his actions, all because of this dog. So, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I've, I mean, to be honest, there are all three of those films worth watching. Uh, I wouldn't say any of them would make it into the top whatevers, so. But, no. yeah.
1: I mean, as if you're given awards for fight choreography, sure. But uh, mm-hmm. ain't nobody winning no Oscars off John Wick.
0: <laughs> yeah, actually, I'd say out those three films. Like Operation Fortune was my favourite.
1: Okay, that's good to know. I, hey, I have, uh, uh, so I put, pause even though i've got like two episodes left, i would pause on the other k drama stuff i was watching because i saw a trailer for another series that came out on netflix in june um it's a series called bloodhounds and it's only eight episodes and it is so good it's about like these two guys who are amateur boxers uh they become like fast friends after one of them beats the other one in a final round and like he wins his boxing tournament But then like it gets caught up in all this trauma. There's this backstory about shady loan sharks in South Korea and how they prey on um, small business owners and how they get them all wrapped up in these contracts. And then they end up owing way more money than they should. Um, So it's basically like this revenge drama because one of the boxers, his mom owns a cafe. She signs a contract without reading the fine print, by the way, don't ever do that. (laughs) Don't ever (laughs) sign your name to something if you didn't read it. Um, And so then it's, like, they destroy her cafe, and then they owe this money, and so now they've got these loan sharks after it. So it's, like, this drama. Basically, it's, like, an us versus them kind of thing. It's, like, the haves and the have-nots. And But it is so good. The fight choreography in here. I mean, I really felt like I was watching actual boxing matches. Like, I grew up watching boxing as a kid. I can't really get into mma the way that i used to be into boxing but like straight up like vegas show card mills lane like boxing oh my god i love i love a good boxing story um so this just it ticked all the boxes it was just crazy violent there was good good drama nice one-liners the and the stunt choreography and the fight choreography was just like top-notch so i really enjoyed it um And then the other thing that I watched, (laughs) because because Batman Returns qualifies as a Christmas movie, I was in the Christmas spirit. So It's like Christmas in July, right? And so I was like, what other Christmas movies can I watch right now? Uh, And so I watched Violent Night, which I had not seen before.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, I watched that last Christmas. Like, that was after we finished. We wrapped for the year. I watched it. I can't remember if I watched it like before Christmas Day or just after, but I watched it. I remember watching it with my wife. and I, oh, had to I can't imagine. Over, I had to put my hands over her eyes, like, probably yeah.
1: 80% of it. Yeah, so. Okay, so, like, Violent Night was 100% my jam. Like, it is the story of Santa Claus, like a real Santa Claus. David Harbour plays Santa. But, like, it was really interesting because they gave Santa this backstory. Like, he used to be some kind of Norse warrior a thousand some odd years ago and somehow wound up as santa claus and has been santa claus for like 1200 years or 1100 years but like when he was a viking (laughs) he used to have a hammer like a sledgehammer is way bigger than mjolnir it's this huge sledgehammer that he calls skull crusher and he literally would like beat the shit out of people with his hammer And, and so like the whole premise is ridiculous like this is the most ridiculous film i've seen in a very long time but it was very entertaining uh people break into this house while santa claus is in the house trying to deliver the presents then his magic stops working his reindeer run off he can't leave so he's like damn i gotta fight these people (laughs) and some little kid who is hiding from the bad guys is on a walkie-talkie and she's all like yo well if you were bad before like why can't you just use your bad skills to do good now and so then by the end of the film, we have Santa Claus dressed in his full Santa Claus garb running around like throwing people into wood chippers, bashing people's faces in with a giant sledgehammer, like chopping people's heads off with ice skates. Like it's the most, most violent, most ridiculous. I think
0: described, I think described it as Home Alone meets Die Hard. Like, no, this like... is
1: like a Home Alone meets almost like homo meets john wick like it is the the level of violence in this film is just absurd but it is so entertaining like if you if you can stomach it because like they don't cut away from stuff like i mean there's blood splatter everywhere uh and then at the very end it's a really really gory death at the very end but it's very satisfying death because that guy was a schmuck the whole time um but yeah so like if, if you've not seen violent night it is on it is included with prime that's how i watched it uh check it out do not watch it with kids unless your kids are okay with Blood and Gore because uh it's a whole no, and, watch, and cursing watch like... your kids.
0: Watch your kids. <laughs> really awful like um, No, uh I I actually so when they did the mythology part and they showed sort of flashbacks of him, mm-hmm. I thought whilst this clearly is a horror, not horror, action real violent action comedy. Yeah. I thought I actually would like to see more. Off. Yeah,
1: I really now off. I really want to know like how you go from being a Norse warrior to Santa Claus. Like how did that happen? where did they do that at?
0: Yeah. No, I so, watched it as, like I, I I don't know if I'd rewatch it, but like I didn't I would
1: one hundred percent rewatch this film. <laughs> I plan to rewatch this film on Christmas with my family because we're all nuts. So it's a perfect like family film for my family. <laughs>
0: i think it's, if they haven't seen it you should not tell them what it's about oh no but... i'm not gonna
1: tell them anything like because my my dad like has a very short attention span he doesn't mm. really like a lot of stuff but like we re-watch the same things like we re-watch predator in my like family home all the time so i think like if my dad likes predator i can imagine he is definitely gonna like like the level of violence in this movie. So I'm gonna introduce Violent Night as a Christmas movie, like a, a new family tradition to my my family this year. So
0: <laughs> I yeah, I um did you ever see um Dust Your Dawn? Yes. I remember, like when that first came out, I used to love not telling people the twist.
1: Oh yeah.
0: I uh, like saying it was like a crime heist film. And then yeah. like, okay, cool, cool. And then when they get to that bar in Mexico and people every time it's like people I used to watch it with were like, what is going on? Yeah, like, exactly. I'm like, I can imagine not telling people about Violent Night, like yeah. just saying, oh, look, Father Christmas just gets involved in a bit of a scrap or something, you know. Yeah. yeah. Look, but, but don't want to tell you too much, but, you know, it's, it's just, just worth watching. Like, it is
1: so entertaining. Like, I, I really got such a kick out of it, but it, it is very, like, it is for a very specific audience. If you mm-hmm. are not okay with blood and gore, and if you are not okay with gratuitous violence and cursing this is not for you at all like stay away
0: okay well yeah, we'll we'll move on and we'll get to our main event um i uh, yeah you know I'm, i've been looking forward to this so batman returns 1992 was written by daniel waters directed by tim burton based on characters from dc comics created by bob kane and bill finger
1: and it stars Michael Keaton, Danny DeVito, Michelle Pfeiffer, Christopher Walken, Michael Goh, Pat Hingle, and Michael Murphy.
0: Uh, first appearance of Batman was Detective Comics 27, which was in May 1939. Catwoman's first appearance was in Batman April 1940. And the Penguin was in Detective Comics 58, which was December 1941. So I did not realize
1: all- that Penguin was that early. He was a very yeah. early villain.
0: Yeah, so all in all, they were all kind of created around the same time, 39, Mm -hmm. 40, 40, and 41. Uh, Running time, sorry, release date was the 19th of June, 1992. Running time was 126 minutes. Budget was, I don't know, no more than 80 million US dollars. It made 226 million at the box office. 66 million. Sorry, 266 million. Yeah, sorry. Um, It made a lot less than the first one.
1: Yeah, it did.
0: First one, first one made four hundred million and uh, about four hundred million ish, and I remember, uh, yeah. and they cost, cost a lot less as well. It, just it like did
1: forty eight uh, million. That's right. Yeah. So, uh,
0: gonna- Facts.
1: so this one had a lot more drama than I realized, which was a lot of fun digging into some of this stuff. So, Tim Burton did the first batman everybody loved it it was a huge massive success and of course whenever something is successful the first time the studio is like we're doing it again and tim burton was like no i don't do sequels um he was very like pretentious about it he was like there's just nowhere to go the first one is always like the shock and awe and he's like and then you don't have anything like you don't get to do that with the sequel and it's at warner brothers a good while to convince him because after the first Batman film, he went on to direct Edward Scissorhands and the nightmare before Christmas before he came back and did Batman returns. But he was like, I'm not going to do this film unless you give me more creative control. And Warner brothers said, okay, fine. Sure. Like you can have the creative control. It's yours, but just make this film. And I think they might have regretted giving him that much (laughs) creative (laughs) control. Uh, So one of the biggest, like, problems that critics had with this film was it was over sexualized and it didn't appeal to the same young audience that the first film did
0: I mean, you should could argue really they shouldn't have watched it anyway well oh. yeah
1: I mean yeah but it was like it was the 80s and 90s like that didn't that didn't apply like the, the MPAA rating and the parents like didn't get all up in arms until later in the 2000s like, it was the wild west back in the 90s they didn't care um so there was a lot of backlash because this film was actually uh, definitely more uh sexualized than the first film so uh also Burton, <laughs> which i couldn't even i don't know maybe that's just because i'm such a fan of the character of batman but like tim Burton says that batman was one of his least enjoyable projects ever like he just did not have a good time he said that he thought that the first Batman film was really boring at times. Um, and that's why it was so hard for him to come back and do the second one. So again, two films in between before WB was finally like, look, man, we'll give you whatever you want. Just give us a sequel. Like we we need to capitalize on this ASAP. Um, so uh, yeah. Also his co, right? So your guy with the... Fun name that you mentioned last time. Sam Hamm was one of the writers for the original Batman film. Tim Burton pushed him out this time uh, because he didn't like the direction that Sam was writing. So Sam got replaced. Uh, Tim Burton brought in Daniel Waters. They were working together. And I thought this was both good and bad because I I do think sometimes people cater too much to the fans. And I think that a lot of times you should just focus on making the film that you want to make. And that's exactly what they did. Like these two guys were like, we don't give a shit about people that read comics. Like we have no interest in appeasing any of them. Like we're making the film that we want to make and we don't care what the comics have to say about it. So they were very upfront about that from the beginning. Um, So rolling into fun fact three. So as I said, Sam Hamm got pushed out and he was replaced. Now Sam's original script for the sequel was going to focus on Harvey Dent and Harvey Dent's fall into becoming Two Face. Like he had written most of the script to get Billy D. Williams to go from good guy to villain, and they were like, "Nah." The WB did not believe that Two Face was a big enough villain to tackle at the time, which is ridiculous because then Two Face is in the very next film that they did, um, and the Warner Brothers really, really pushed for Penguin specifically, because they felt like Penguin was the guy if it wasn't the Joker. Like they essentially told Tim Burton, like Penguin is the number two behind Joker. So we have to focus more on Penguin. And they were the ones that pushed for all of the backstory that we got with Oswald and his parents abandoning him and then him wanting to steal all the first sons of Gotham. Um, None of that was ever... of the plan but penguin and Catwoman were always part of this film but like the whole backstory that we got with oswald was never ever part of it um so again like i said tim burton was like i want that writer out of here so he got sam ham out brought waters in um and then tim burton and daniel waters had a fallen out and so daniel waters got the knicks and tim burton brought in wesley strick who is uncredited But Wesley Strick was like the guy that they kept on set to do rewrites. So he was there during the filming of Batman Returns to help with rewrites, even though he didn't really have much input on the script itself. So that's that drama. Now, my favorite part of fun facts is always casting. So do you have any guesses? Like, I know you've probably already read it, but like, do you have any guesses who else they were considering for some of these parts?
0: Oh, to be honest, I had glanced at the name. So. <laughs> I, uh, These were some um,
1: big names of the time. Like, I was, yeah. I was surprised. Like, okay, so for Penguin, originally they were considering Christopher Lloyd, Robert De Niro. <laughs> I can't see it. I can't see Bobby as I think. Penguin. I,
0: think I think Robert. I think Robert De Niro. If this, if so, the Penguin was too jokey.
1: Uh-huh. I think.
0: they down a much well i mean it was quite a dark film anyway but if they'd have gone down more of a serious take on the penguin robert yeah. denaro be quite good
1: i see the other person that they had in mind was dustin hoffman and i think dustin hoffman would have been a great penguin mm. but they sort of retooled what they were doing and instead of kind of because tim burton didn't understand why warner brothers was pushing for penguin so much tim burton was like he's just a dude with a top hat and a cigarette like why do we care um, and so Tim Burton kind of reworked it to make Penguin appear more animalistic. So that's, he came up with the con- the character concept of Penguin for this film specifically. So when he redesigned yeah. the character, that was when they were like, oh my God, Danny DeVito would be perfect. And of course, Danny DeVito was like, no, screw you guys. Like, <laughs> I don't want, <laughs> I don't want to do this. And funny enough, the guy who convinced Danny DeVito to take the role was Jack Nicholson. Um, but... Jack Nicholson also had to be convinced to take the role the first time as the Joker in the previous film. (laughs) So I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, Okay, but when it comes to Catwoman, this list, it's it's like 80 people long. I mean, it is insane how many people they had pegged to play Catwoman. (coughs) Signed on, signed on, money paid, all of that stuff. Annette Bening was cast as Selina Kyle. Annette Bening got pregnant and they were like bye <laughs> <laughs> you are fired um which is completely absurd of course uh but that's the way hollywood goes they don't care about ethics or any of those things <laughs> so annette benning got the boot when um she told them that she was pregnant then they also considered share madonna raquel welch ellen barkin julie Newmar, who was the original catwoman in the 60s so i mean the age range for all of the cat women that they considered is just like off the charts. Like we we're all going, yeah, it's all over the yeah. place. Uh, they also considered Susan Sarandon, Jennifer Jason Lee, Lena Olin and Bridget Fonda. All of them were in the running to play Catwoman, but of course, obviously Michelle Pfeiffer got the job. Now funny, Michelle Pfeiffer was also up for the role of Vicki Vale in the first film, oh, wow. but Michael Keaton went to Tim Burton and was like look you can't hire Michelle Pfeiffer and Tim Burton was like why he's like I'm trying to reconcile with my wife and me and Michelle got a history okay and like if you hire her for this film I might not be able to get back with my wife so like I'm asking you (laughs) to not hire her for this film so they delayed that by like three years so Michelle Pfeiffer was always in the mix but they finally found a spot for her in this film which my my next question is like so did Michael Keaton and his wife get back together and that's why they hired Michelle Pfeiffer for this film like uh, how did, I don't know I don't
0: know anything about Michael Keaton's personal life to be honest
1: I thought that was really interesting that he was like you can't hire her because me and her mm. um and so I'm trying to get back with my wife and if you hire her and like we have kissing scenes and stuff my wife is definitely not going to be like yeah let's let's make this work
0: She's not going to be for that, yeah. Right,
1: right. Okay, so then the last little piece of casting news. Tim Burton actually did have Robin planned out for this film. But with all the rewrites and with having to give Penguin the extra backstory, they took out Robin completely. So there's no Robin in this film. But Tim Burton said he always wanted an African-American Robin. And they had already cast someone to play Robin. Can you imagine if instead of Chris O'Donnell, we got Marlon Wayans as Robin. Marlon Wayans was signed on to this film the same way that Annette Bening was and just it never made any any cuts. They never even filmed anything because they just couldn't keep all of that in there.
0: It would have been very different. Like, I think, to be honest, if they'd have kept kept Robin in this film, it would have been too bloated.
1: Yes. Uh, I would agree.
0: So, I think keeping Robin out was a good thing. Uh,
1: But Marlon got his, like, it's not a superhero, but I mean, I guess G.I. Joe is kind of superhero y, but he still got to play a hero character in G.I. Joe. So, it didn't all go to
0: waste. I'm not seeing those G.I. Joe films. What?
1: We got to put that on the list, man.
0: Yeah, no, no, we should. Yeah, we should. Yeah. We but like, no, I've never, seen, never seen those films. Because uh, The Rock is in some... the second one. I know, I know. Brought in to save the franchise. <laughs> the Rock, part 72. I,
1: except that nobody realizes The Rock doesn't save franchises. He messes them up. If he yeah. is not in the franchise from the very beginning, he's going to come in and mess it up.
0: Yeah. I think he's, uh, I know we're deep here, a little bit here, but I think he's eating a little bit of humble pie with his. Uh, with the Black Reese Adam. No, no, with um, the Fast franchise. So.
1: Oh, yeah, supposedly him and Vin reconciled.
0: Yeah. So. yeah. Well, there's probably money involved. So Yes. Um, what yeah, else no, gets egos of, to move? <laughs> a lot of that's actually quite interesting what you've said out there before we go any further. Like um, the Tim Burton didn't really come back, which I didn't realize.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, that Michael Keaton was paid uh, double his salary from the first film.
1: Yeah, which wasn't uh, much. His salary for the first film was five million, so he only made ten million for this one. I mean, I say uh, only, but I'm thinking in like terms of today's money. Like I'm sure back then, ten million dollars for a leading role was a lot. Uh,
0: and then, um, obviously, the original direction for the film would have taken would have actually been a quite a nice follow on, having Two Face, mm-hmm. uh, who who um, had made cameos in the first film and then obviously got completely dropped. Yeah. So um yeah i think that that would have been i actually think that would have been a good continuation but yeah i think anyway. they
1: must have carried that over to batman forever at least some part of it um yeah but yeah i just like i like i said whenever i do the fun facts like i'm always so intrigued by who we could have had um so there was just so much like there was so much going on with this film
0: i'm glad that michelle Pfeiffer was in the second one though
1: Oh, yeah, she's she was such a good Catwoman, And like a lot of people said that this film was over sexualized, but they still said that she was fantastic in the role. And she was I I would agree with that. She also went through like months of kickboxing training and whip training. So a lot of the stuff that we see her do, she she does her own stunts, not all of them, but she does a lot of her own stunts in this film.
0: Um, So summary of the movie which is from IMDb and uh, I didn't write it. (laughs) Uh, While Batman deals with a deformed man calling himself the Penguin wreaking havoc through Gotham with the help of a a cruel businessman, a female employee of the latter becomes the Catwoman with her own vendetta.
1: Who writes this stuff for IMDb? Do you pay this person to write these things? (laughs) I have questions.
0: Uh, I don't know who writes it but uh, IMDB. Apparently, they,
1: they don't tell you anything about the film.
0: Do <laughs> you know? I wonder if they have somebody who works there called IMDB. I mean, maybe. I don't know. Um. Overall thoughts on the movie. I I love this movie. Um. Me too. I think this is a great film. I've watched it way more times than any of the other three Batman <laughs> or, or of the of the Tim Burton Schumacher films. Yeah, this film is a film I've come back to so many times over the years. So like when we watched Batman last year, uh, last week, I haven't watched that film <clears throat> for ten or fifteen years. But this film is a film I watch probably. Well, I mean, I think because let's be honest, it's a Christmas film, and I know people are like, oh, it's not a Christmas film. You know, it's a Christmas it's, movie. It's set at Christmas. Literally, they say "Merry Christmas" throughout the movie, or "Happy Holidays." Or mm-hmm. there's
1: you
0: know, a Christmas whatever. tree lighting. Yeah. It's a Christmas. There's a, movie. Chris- there's a Christmas tree lighting. There's yeah. There's mistletoe. There's, yeah. You know, got to be wine in there. I like, um. You know, it's 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 got all the Christmas flavorings. Listen, if that, Die Hard you
1: know, is a Christmas movie, then Batman Returns which is I also a Christmas. Which movie. I
0: also argue. Is. This one, to be honest with you, I'd say if there was a spectrum i would say this is actually a better more of a christmas movie than yes Die there's Hard.
1: far more christmas in this one than in Die Hard. yeah
0: yeah so um yeah it's, it's a Christmas because and because of that i think it's another reason why i've come back to it quite a few times over the yeah, years yeah. christmas i've gone back to this film or whatever it is but yeah anyway no i, I love this film I've, I've watched it many times repeating it many times and um um and having having gone in the sequence that we've gone in like the flash then Batman and then and um, Batman returns um it's kind of this weird feeling of it feels like in a way like Batman Batman returns and then the flash almost make up a nice little trilogy um not deliberately planned in any way <laughs> shape or form but yeah um it, it's kind of got a sort of felt like a bit of a melancholy melancholy sort of feel to it Mm -hmm. um i felt like it was a nice follow-on i don't really know why tim burton said he found it boring like maybe he just didn't really know what to do with the character of batman i think he's too eccentric
1: i think that's it i think he is very much like like i mean can you imagine if wes anderson directed a superhero movie like it would Mm. be bizarre because wes anderson's signature is so specific Mm. that and i think that was a problem like tim burton was like this is not my jam like I don't work within the confines of other people's vision. Like I do my own thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that's why you had such a hard time. Like, I think he was surprised at the success of the first film. Um, And so he, that was why he was so resistant to do the second one.
0: I felt like Bruce Wayne wasn't as geeky in this movie. Um, Well, whilst there was elements of it, I liked the fact that this did actually feel like a genuine sequel from the first one. The first two do feel very connected, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, Bruce mentions Vicky, yeah. same Butler. Um, whilst I felt like this film, you could see the Tim Burton style in it, in terms of the villain villains and the campiness, was starting to creep in, which very much makes you think of I don't know the Edward hand type stuff that right. was done years and...
1: it was very Nightmare uh, Before yeah. Christmas to me. Yeah,
0: yeah. So like you can a, see, a, like in the
1: set design specifically, you can see a lot of Tim Burton's character and like flavor and especially when they go to the zoo like it it uh, to me i didn't realize that they were so close together like i didn't realize that this film came out after nightmare before christmas um but like when i was watching it i was like damn this really feels like we're going through like halloween town like this feels so much like nightmare before
0: Christmas. when i was a kid i had the catwoman toy and i had the batman uh the batman this batman as a toy as well um and I remembered it as I was watching this film, and I was like, oh, no, I've not got them anymore. And I was like, oh, wish I still had them. I would have been a nice touch. But yeah, no, I I was a big fan of this movie when it came out a, it came out when I was a kid. Do you know, what? I actually remember watching this movie in um, the Bognor Regis cinema when I was a kid, and um, I think it was a 12, and like, my mum took me and my younger brother, and I was probably 12 or maybe 13 or something. And he was not twelve, he was like eleven or ten or something. Uh, and <laughs> when we got to the window to pay for the ticket, and um she said, Oh, how old are they? And my mum my mum obviously had to age me up and and him up. And I think she said he was twelve and I was thirteen or something. And the woman behind the counter went, He's twelve. My mom went, Yeah. He wasn't, and I like, and um and obviously we went in the cinema. No, so like,
1: they but, really like uh, didn't let you, back buy- because here, like, they didn't care if you were accompanied by a parent. Like, you just couldn't be a kid going to see it by yourself. But if you're with your I parents, they de- didn't give a shit. I think,
0: I think it depends. So Bognor Regis is like by this by the beach, like, and obviously, um, I think probably in a bigger city like London or B- Manchester or Birmingham or something, you probably would get away with it. But I think we were probably probably like the only kids going in there. Um, <laughs> so it was during the day, but yeah. I just think uh, that is
1: so. Now, like, as long as you were with your parents, like, they didn't care if you were buying tickets to rated art films. Like, they didn't care at all.
0: Oh, no, here, here, yeah. No, no, you weren't about to get away with that here. Really? E- even now, like, even now. <clears> um, so, but no, um, but anyway, yeah, I remember when I first watched it, and I've watched it like, so many times over the years and i really love this movie it's a great movie um i love the fact that actually michelle Pfeiffer and michael keaton get to spend a lot of time together as Catwoman, mm-hmm. and equally as their um civilian identities um michelle Pfeiffer is phenomenal in this uh and i don't know and also i love the, just the relationship between alfred and, and uh, uh and bruce wayne as well to mm-hmm. so be honest <clears throat> There's things in it I'm not too keen on. Um, I'm not too keen on, actually, the Penguin, if I'm honest. I think it's... I don't like Tim Burton's take on the Penguin. Like, to be honest, there's some of it's, like, unnecessary. You know, if you're going to go... You know, I get that he wanted to go down the animal route and the outcast route, but I didn't see the need for, sort of, the black slime that used to come from his mouth. Like, mm. what was that about? Like, <clears throat> okay, he's got deformed hands, but, I mean, no one said he had, like, black saliva or blood or anything well like,
1: yeah i mean but that was the implication like he didn't have red blood
0: yeah i, I was just i don't know as i felt like it was a little bit grotesque and unnecessary and quite yeah. putting. and um i think
1: that yeah, might have know. been tim Burton's point though
0: well maybe if that was his point i still didn't like it like, and, uh, <laughs> think <laughs> you're wrong i've seen many it was many, effective
1: but you didn't like it
0: no, no, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, and look, I've seen other Batman films over the years, the more modern ones that can be quite dark and twisty. Mm-hmm. And I'm all right with those. It's just, I don't want to see a guy eat raw fish or like weird blood stuff. Black Listen, stuff. as a
1: kid, yeah. when he bit that other guy's nose, I was like, oh, this is amazing. <laughs> I got such a kick out of that. That's what, when yeah. I was a kid and I saw this movie for the first time, now I was way younger than you and your brother when I saw this movie. Yeah. And so, like, when that scene happened, I remember looking over to my mom and giggling, and her looking back at me and being like, shut up. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, he totally just bit that guy's nose off. Like, that's hilarious. And my mom is like, no.
0: No, it's not funny. No. <laughs> it
1: was hilarious uh, to me.
0: Yeah, no, no. That was not, yeah. It was pretty, I yeah to it. be honest with you, yeah. I do remember that. It was horrible. But yeah, in <laughs> general, like, overall, yeah, the penguin, yeah, not for me, but. Yeah, I kind of get it. He was kind of the main villain, and 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 Catwoman kind of floated between the two, and even she makes comments towards the Penguin about "I thought you were just going to scare yeah. her," and he's like, right. "I did scare her. Like, I scared her, to death," you know. Yeah. Like, and um, so and I think Catwoman was sort of, she floated between the two a little bit, but um, I would say the bond between Catwoman and Penguin, I felt, was forced. Yeah, uh, it was paper uh, thin. At, it was paper thin. Oh, uh, uh, you know, like they basically the enemy of my enemy, whatever. Right. Um, it, it, yeah, and and then it and it fell apart as quickly as it got together. Yeah. And, uh, and
1: I think and that was, was one of like, their biggest missteps.
0: Yeah, I, you could have almost done without that. You could almost yeah. Had
1: they, you just had two leader. villains, like they didn't have to be in league with each but, other. You could have yeah. just had two separate villains.
0: I don't think they needed to be in league with each other at all. I don't think you could have just had two separate villains. So and that and I think actually that could have worked better
1: yeah
0: Well, so, anyway what about your thoughts
1: i definitely felt the burden touch on this film far more than the first one the first one i think i think the first film kind of set the tone for like i feel like that is the version that we got when we got the animated series which also came out in 92 like so the first film to me is iconic batman because it i've seen it in so many other iterations of batman um, but this one feels different. Uh, the characters still feel very much like the first film, but the like look and feel of this film seems so different to me. Uh, so, and I think like watching it older, like, so I'm the opposite of you. This film I didn't see very often, uh, but the first film I has a lot of rewatchability to me. So watching this one again now, it was like, oh, wow, this is way different than I remember it when I was younger. Um, And like, yeah, just noticing all of the scenery and all of that stuff and how, like I said earlier, it felt so much like watching The Nightmare Before Christmas that you almost forget you're watching a Batman movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think like some of the set design kind of stuff took me out of it for a bit. Um, But I mean, I still love this movie. Like it is still my favorite of all the Batman films, um, including Nolan's films. Now, is it the best? Absolutely not. Uh, no, not in any way, shape, form or fashion. I am not advocating that this is a fantastic, marvelous, wonderful film. I am just saying this is my favorite film um, of the franchise. And I think it was because it was the first time that I, as a kid, got to see like a really cool female villain and so I think like watching her go toe to toe with Batman was the coolest part to me when I was a kid. And I was like, Oh my mm-hmm. God, she might actually win. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um. So in the movie, kind of very similar. I, I feel like I think this is where the first two works so much better than the next two. Mm. The cast is slimmer. Um, whilst, whilst you do have background characters, you know, you've got, Catwoman's boss and and several other, you know,
1: yeah. Yeah, I thought were, Christopher Walken was a bit much.
0: I know, I know. it was a, it was very hammy and played up, but yeah, um, he he's probably one of the main cast. But Bruce Wayne, aka Batman, mm-hmm. and um, obviously Catwoman, um, uh, the Penguin, they kind of make up the the core of the the film. Yeah. Um, do you have a favorite Catwoman? You no, know, that that literally is mine as well. I mean, it has to be. That. It has That's to sweet. be. She's, She's such better. a
1: standout. Like
0: So I read the, a comment um that this should have been called Catwoman this film. <laughs> like, it kinda should
1: have been. I mean, I thought like I I loved her I didn't like the whole like cat sequence when she fell out the window, but her going yeah. back to her apartment and like making her costume and like trashing her place. That introduction scene to Catwoman I thought was brilliant like i thought that was such yeah like i thought that was such a cool introduction for the character where she's just like goes from this demure quiet overlooked secretary to like this domineering badass and like to the point where she like looks down on some of the people that she has to save because there's Mm. one one scene where she saves this woman that is gets attacked by a mugger in an alley and the woman is all like, oh, my God, thank you so much. And then Selena is just kind of like, you make it too easy. And then she like walks off or actually she cartwheels off. Um. And I was like, oh, she's sassy.
0: <laughs> so yeah, I, no, I, I liked I- her
1: because she was she was bad. Like when she was in costume, she was not a good person. Um. And again, I love to root for the villain. Usually the villains are my favorite. And I really enjoyed her like let's see how much of this stuff we can mess up. She did her damnedest to destroy Max Shrek's like department store. She ended up getting her come up on, on the boss. Um, like every chance she got, she was taken down like bad people, even though she was not a great person herself. Like, I just really appreciated that in, in her villainy that there was still a, an edge to it. Like, I'm doing this for everyone else, um, even though I don't necessarily like everyone else.
0: And <laughs> you know, I agree with you. I think Catwoman was, my, Catwoman was 100% my favourite character. I love Michael Keaton's yeah. Batman. Michael Keaton's Batman, to me, in the first film, was my favourite. Yeah. Uh, I love him and Catwoman almost as much as each other. However, she's she's almost like still the standout catwoman of all the catwomans that we've Absolutely. had. Absolutely.
1: I think the Fire only here. other catwoman that comes close to Michelle Pfeiffer Hallie is Earth the kid No.
0: Halle Berry? Earth the Kid. Not Halle Berry's cat- Catwoman. Uh
1: no. Uh, even even what? Anne Hathaway was uh, a, a a smidge better than yeah. that one.
0: You've not seen the Batman yet, which we'll we'll have to we'll have. To oh no, to I
1: haven't seen that one. So maybe yeah. um, Zoe Kravitz can change my mind, but uh, no, Michelle Pfeiffer for sure is like at the tip top of the Catwoman.
0: Hundred percent, she's she's just so good. But what I love about um, actors, right, like actors and actresses, when they can demonstrate their their chops at, at of their of their craft, right? So mm-hmm. like you know. Um, and seeing Michelle Pfeiffer play essentially two different characters in one movie, mm-hmm. you know, the quirky, shy, timid secretary, you know, would you like some coffee? I've got a question. Well, not so much of a question. And, you know, blah, blah. And they walk out of the room and then she's talking to herself and, you know, whatever. And then you get to see her go home and she's sort of this lonely little um, girl who lives on her own and not very confident, probably not very confident in general with people, even outside of work. And, and then obviously then she's so naive almost that she uncovers this evidence and then the first thing she does is blab
1: to the person who's doing I know,
0: it i know i know i know. And like when i was re-watching it i was like she would never tell you would never. You would never. Like, you never you would never never that's like well you definitely wouldn't tell them on your own in yeah. a room on in, in the
1: middle of the night yeah because she went yeah. back to work like after yeah. all of that drama so it's like probably one or two o'clock in the morning like nobody else is in the building like hell no also, i'm not revealing did, and anything
0: also, and also and she's like oh, i went into the super confidential files." so uh, he's like how did you do that like uh, i was I like guess your password <laughs> if i did that i would never tell anyone no i would never nope. do it but like if i did do it i would definitely wouldn't tell them anyway but that side of her and then afterwards to see that so when she goes back to the apartment obviously after she's come back to life and sort of the resurrection part of it. And she's kind of formed this sort of cat like kind of bond. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's sort of very supernatural esque, uh, very different. Actually, Honeyberry's Berry's ca- cat one was kind of supernatural. Yeah. But the other two super, uh, cat ones we've seen have been much more grounded and human.
1: Yeah. They so, were just thieves.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I enjoyed that sort of process. You got to see the process of her her journey, her almost sort of coming back to life and not really understanding what's going on. And you can imagine if that did happen, probably a bizarre world your mind is in, not really get what's going on. Yeah. And, uh, and then to see that sort of, like you say, that kind of vigilante that she became stroke mm-hmm. villain and uh, and then the, you know, the character that she became through her civilian identity as well as obviously her, vigilante identity throughout the film it was it was it was great great contrast between the two uh I enjoyed seeing Michelle Fiverr do it and it just makes you think just how what a wonderful actress she is and mm-hmm. um yeah like and over the years just how how good she is and so even in Ant-Man 3 she was she, uh, yeah Michelle Fiverr was definitely the lead character in Ant-Man 3 so, oh yeah she
1: stole the show in that one yeah. have you ever seen her in the Hairspray remake
0: no, I haven't. known.
1: Know. Oh my god, her song on the Hairspray soundtrack is my favorite. Like when that song comes on, and I'm driving in the car, I sing it at the top of my lungs. Like I love I mean, her in Hairspray.
0: I, I don't know she could sing, but anyway. So we'll move on to kind of the structure of the film. Um, <clears> I think in terms of the script, I don't really have a problem with it. I think it's actually working fairly well of its time. Um. I don't necessarily think it's aged badly. Um it, it's kind of of its time, you know. The, the 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 secretary thing did annoy me, the we haven't trained her well or whatever, mm. you know, etc. But and then but I thought but of of the late 80s early 90s that is kind of what happened. Not it's obviously not acceptable like back then or now, but Yeah. But it's part for the rare. course.
1: Like you feel like they would have actually had that conversation back
0: then. Oh yeah, back back then things like that were said. Yeah, it's um, like Mad Men. I'm sure those things were said, right? yeah. and uh, those things are definitely not said now. Uh, <laughs> they got said now. They'd be on TikTok or something.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so, or uh, Threads. Uh, so. Ah, yes. <laughs> and uh, anyway, are we on Threads? Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, that's a whole account, other conversation. There's an account. I hasn't been used yet yeah but um, so, uh anyway, um yeah I mean I think the script is what it is really but okay, any opinions on that I'm to just move into favor I mean same?
1: I disagree I think that the script aged horribly uh I think that the dialogue was one of the glaring things that I noticed this time around when I was watching it like just it's almost like they like you were saying about penguin being grotesque in the way that he looks but like when you really pay attention to Penguin's dialogue, even his dialogue is like awful, and just the way that he talks down to everyone. Um, but also, like he is essentially just—he's oh, like... He's chauvinistic. His, oh yeah, he's just like this horny bastard, and like he—he's <laughs> that way the whole film. And like I don't remember—I—I I don't remember that as a kid. Maybe because like as a kid, I didn't know what the hell half that meant at like six, seven years old. But like now, go going back and listening to the dialogue, I'm like damn they said that (laughs) back then (laughs) (laughs) so Um, i think it does not age well and i think like i think some of it is really off-putting and now as an as older i can see why critics back then would have been like this film is over sexualized because like mm -hmm. when you just listen to what they're saying you're like yeah like every other sentence out of your mouth is something sexual
0: you know, actually, now you say that, actually, the Penguin part is actually the worst part in terms of his dialogue. I hadn't really considered that, but because he is actually quite horrible. He's vulgar in what he says as well as his appearance, actually. Yes.
1: Yeah, that's a good I way to really, put it, yeah. Yeah.
0: Everything uh, about him is vulgar. Do you know what, like, actually, I've thought about this before. Sometimes you can meet somebody who is one, like, sort of, you know, maybe, maybe, like, not so necessarily attractive on the outside but mm-hmm. inside that's really attractive and with him he he's not attractive on the inside or mm-hmm. the outside um no.
1: the only good and, thing yeah. about him are his penguins they did use real <laughs> penguins like the smaller ones are real yeah, the big yeah, ones yeah. are obviously fake but the smaller penguins were real mm-hmm.
0: um no i agree with you about uh, his dialogue but i guess again all that time
1: yeah Like I said, back then, most of that went over my head back then. Now, Mm -hmm. it's very much like, oh. Oh, damn.
0: Damn, you said that? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Do you have have any favorite scenes throughout the film?
1: Uh, Favorite scenes. I think one of my favorites actually is when Penguin dies at the end and his like those gigantic emperor penguins come and like escort him to the water um i i really liked that and i loved the banter not so not like a specific scene but i love the banter between alfred and bruce this time around and like there was there was one thing in particular where alfred was saying something and bruce was like yeah like you bringing my girlfriend to the Batcave, I'm just sitting there minding my business, and all of a sudden I look up and I'm like, hey, babe, what's going on? <laughs> I was like, yes, because every other person that watched that first film all thought the same thing. Like, why the hell would Alfred escort the girlfriend down to the Batcave? Like, that would not happen. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um. No, yeah, no, I agreed on that. Like, I, you know, having read Batman comics or not throughout the years, like, People that found out Batman was Batman is very rare that he reveals it. There's a lot yeah. more like, discovered. Like um, right. I think I think it was Tim Drake uh, um, who's a who, who becomes who is the third Robin. I think he actually worked out that Batman was Batman on his own.
1: So,
0: mm-hmm. um, I think other times he reveals it. Most of the time, I think he's revealed it himself. Um, but he's made that choice for right. For
1: yeah,
0: so uh, not. Alfred's just walk somebody through Yeah, so, oh, that come, down, just... come, down, come down here let me come show on you let part. me show you something <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> oh yeah Bruce is in here come on I'll show you I'll take you, Do you like uh, that? sir
0: and, uh... anyway um, I think there's only real I mean yeah okay look yeah, the dialogue is what it is of that era I think my only real thing in honesty would be cutting out the penguin and catwoman interactions I just think they were yeah. unnecessary I don't think they really even needed to interact until towards the end like, the final right. battle would have been fine, like, uh, yeah. you know, where they're all in the penguin sort of domain and also where the penguin comes up through the um, the ground. Oh, and the other thing I definitely would have cut would be the stupid duck mobile thing that he's got. What? Uh, that was like, the
1: best part?
0: That was not. Like, oh, was my God. No,
1: ridiculous. the duck stays.
0: No, like, that was ridiculous. Yeah, the, 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 the chase scene with the duck, no. Oh, so,
1: uh, I loved it. Uh yeah. no that no that stays. Uh I love that one. <laughs> I would think if I cut anything I would have adjusted the dialogue. Like I think you can definitely leave some dirty jokes in the film, but like every single time he spoke it didn't have to be that way. Like
0: I played this city like a hop from hell.
1: Yeah, like uh, uh okay. <laughs> so I think I like I think the dialogue could have used a lot of adjusting and if I had to cut anything, I would not have had Max Shrek in there at all. Like, I think that could have that could have been, like, any old background character. Like, we didn't actually need to be acquainted with him. Like, I don't know. I, I did not enjoy yeah. him. I mean, I get it. Like, he's the one that put Oswald, like, up for mayor and all that stuff. But, like, I wish they had found a way to do that differently instead of creating this entirely different character specifically for the film to do that
0: about the same well yeah because elc was kind of like the third villain of the film really
1: yeah uh, i mean he's um, based on a german billionaire
0: i do love the whole bruce wayne why you dressed up as batman yeah <laughs> so he is batman <laughs> yeah um uh, <laughs> I do I do love that final battle at the end though, but and more more once it gets down to Catwoman and, and Max and Batman and
1: I didn't. I didn't and, like that he took his mask off. No,
0: no, no but I, I like no, I was gonna say in defense of that, I liked that he was trying to humanize himself because mm. he was trying to reach out to the human part of Catwoman mm-hmm. to save her from what he could see was gonna happen and and she she was already committed to I'm gonna kill him and I don't care what happens. Yeah, and he, he and he he clearly I don't know whether he was fully in love, but love was definitely there, uh, and he was really trying to to reach out to her to save her, and that's why he was like, "I'll do anything to save her," you know. I don't care about people knowing I'm Batman. I want to save her, um, and 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 in some ways, I think I said to you before we started, it's kind of a little bit sort of uh, kind of sad and melancholy in a way that. It is those, much darker, but, but for
1: sure, than the first it's one. It's much
0: darker film. It's a much darker film, but her, de- her eighth death, so to speak, with the yeah. nine lives, um, and then with Bruce at the end going through Gotham and then picking up the cat. Help, help it. like he's still, he's aware that she's got one life left. So, you know, he's obviously still on the lookout. And then at the end, when you see Catwoman up in the in the rooftops, and mm-hmm. everybody always hoped that Michelle Pfeiffer would come back. She was clearly never gonna come back if Michael Keaton didn't come back or Tim Burton.
1: Yeah.
0: And um, but I thought this so sad in the sense that these two Bruce Wayne, sorry, Michael Keaton, Bruce Wayne films, and then that's it now. We don't see a Michael Keaton until the Flash. Um and, and it's just like I don't know, in a way, like I said, I made the joke earlier about the the, the Flash being the third part of the,
1: the, yeah. the
0: Michael Keaton trilogy, and uh and it's quite sad in the sense because it makes you think more and more like, because obviously they had George Clooney guest star at the end of The Flash, makes you feel like Val Kilmer and George Clooney's films are just parallel herbs in a sense. With yeah. The, with, the, with the same actor playing the butler, you know, as the only consistent thing. And it kind of just feels like this was the final, final film of this sort of Batman, uh, this Michael Keaton world. Yeah. Um And I obviously that doesn't really dawn on you back then because... We're quite used to, you know over the years we've had these recastings, but now that they've kind of brought back Michael Keaton, um, it makes you feel like actually that that was that world again. And yeah, actually going back to Michael Keaton in that mansion on his own that him and Michelle Pfeiffer just Catwoman, they never did get together. So it's quite quite sad sort of almost sad. Well, but he life.
1: also said that in his world, Gotham yeah. is one of the safest cities on the planet, which is bullshit. But, like Gotham is not safe in any multiverse that we've ever seen in dc no Gotham well, has maybe, never been a paradise
0: well maybe he works really hard like, <laughs> as well. so, maybe that's why he's a single man because he works really hard to to save the city
1: well he so, did say that's why vicky left because she could not reconcile bruce and batman like she did yes. not understand why he had to be both
0: I think Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman could understand that. Absolutely. I think she's the only
1: one that could. Yeah. Which is why I think everybody, I think of all of Batman's relationships, like that one is the best one. Well, except for in the animated series, the movie, The Mask of the Phantasm, that is an excellent Batman film too, by the way, Uh, that that relationship that they've had. What?
0: I've seen, no, I've seen it, I can't oh, okay. it so long ago. It was so long ago, but I literally oh, so can't. Good. I mean, I saw it like once, 20, 25 years ago or something. Oh my God, it's so good. But, um. Anyway, how how would you rate this? You're going to rate it for then or now? Or? Oh.
1: You know, last week before I rewatched it, I thought for sure, like, this is definitely going to be a higher rating than the first one. Hmm. But I'm going to go three and a half. And I gave the first one a four.
0: Hmm uh i'm gonna give this a four Still, so okay I'm gonna stick all with right four. i think i think these are both solid movies
1: i still love this film i do but if if we're gonna rate it i'm gonna try to be unbiased it's very difficult Yeah, i think i
0: think my ratings I... will change massively beyond this movie oh uh, yeah
1: i mean i'm generally like not looking forward to it
0: <laughs> Oh no, in a way I am. In I way, don't
1: I am. actually mind Batman Forever because I thought Val Kilmer was a decent Batman. Um I thought his Batman voice was really great. Uh but I am definitely not looking forward to Batman and Robin.
0: Oh, Arnold Schwarzenegger is just He's like the rock really, Arnold Schwarzenegger. <sighs> it's the same, isn't he? Anyway, uh next episode, shockingly enough, we are covering Batman Forever from nineteen ninety-five. Also, you can follow us on social media. We are Geeks of Niche on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And Chuck, actually, we do have a thread, so you can follow us on there. Um, there has not been a sync thread yet. but yeah. We're yeah, working on make, it. Maybe, maybe pull that thread and see what happens. So,
1: yeah. Uh, but I'm... Um, I know,
0: I know, I know. There's so <laughs> many jokes on threads at the moment. So, so,
1: um, All right. And you can get this podcast wherever you get your podcast: Google, Podbean, Apple, Spotify. We are everywhere. So please leave us a five-star review. Tell your geeky friends
0: thank you very much hopefully we'll be back next week and i'll have a better sound quality
1: yeah good
0: journey journey